0: Hello,
1: everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. It is Sunday, September 24th. It is 1 p.m., and you are watching episode 124 of Skill Building Sunday here live with me, Jason Leeser, and if this is working for you, please let me know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. And welcome to Guy Egeson's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 different episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify or you can do what most people do and just go to your web browser and do a Google search for reinventing the tattoo. You'll find it all, except for the book, which is currently out of print. If you find a copy and it's for sale, please let me know. I'm trying to get my hands on one. So please, please, please let me know if you come across one. But no matter where you were watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date, most relevant information all available at reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. You do not have to subscribe to Reinventing the Tattoo to access all of the great features on the website. Um, But if you do want to take a look into a subscription, you can try it out for free. You have one of three options. You can either pick a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Or you can get some free advice from Guy Itchison about your unique goals and goal setting. Or you could take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, which is absolutely fantastic. If you're a tattoo history nerd like me, it's phenomenal. It takes you through all of it, it's absolutely great. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details. For example, if you wanted to jump in and join us on uh, this episode of Skill Building Sunday, you could do that. You can find a full calendar listing of all of the special event Zoom information, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. While there, you also have access to our Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And at ReinventingTheTattoo.com, you also have access to a whole host of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists. Um, these seminars include people like BJ Betts and Bob Tyrell, Andre Malcolm, and a whole lot more. So if you're really looking for a new place to get you know, live on-demand seminars or anything of that nature... Take a look at reinventingthetattoo.com. It's all right there. Once again, if this is working for you and you can hear me and I'm coming through, please drop a comment or uh, you know tag a friend who loves tattoos. Let me know somehow. That way, I'm not just talking to dead air. We always encourage people to tune into a number of different staple weekly shows that we host. Uh, starting off on Sundays with 1 p.m. at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And this show is followed on Mondays with four different shows, starting off at 9 a.m. Monday mornings. We have Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we get to go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies it really helps us get back to the core of what it is to be a tattoo artist in today's day and age um, and helps us get back to those to some of those core fundamentals of being a fine artist. Following Drawing for tattooers at 9am at 11am we have the Tattoo Weekly Show with Gabe Ripley, Lauren Gregory, and Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network uh, where we get to go through and discuss current events in the tattoo industry. Maybe it's New rules and regulations being passed, or maybe it's a new convention that's coming about, or new technology—all of those topics. If it's new and it's for the tattoo industry, all of that will be discussed during the Tattoo Weekly at 11 a.m. Monday mornings. Following that, on Mondays at 5 p.m., we have "Let's Talk About Feelings" with Robbie Ripple, uh, where we have a safe place to go to to kind of talk and vent and maybe talk to other people that are in similar situations as we know being tattoo artists it's kind of hard to have a safe outlet to go through and talk to people that can truly understand what we go through in our jobs from day to day so let's talk about feelings with Robbie Ripple 5pm on Mondays and that is right before at 9 p.m. on Mondays, we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, Now, for the 9 p.m. Monday evening drawing groups, you do need to have a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon in order to access that, or a Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution subscription. I can tell you from personal experience, I would not be where I am today if it was not for those Monday evening drawing courses alone. On top of that, you do have access to parts of the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. Unless you get the Canon subscription, then you have access to all of it. Uh, But I'm telling you right now, these Monday evening drawing courses are worth every penny. You can see a marked evolution in people that start it. And the work that they do when they start it and when they finish it and the work that they do when they finish it, it's absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend everyone sign up, even if it's just for that, it's totally worth it. Following that on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., sorry, at noon, we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley where we go through and we dive a little bit more into the business side of tattooing. Maybe it's marketing we're talking about or branding, or maybe it's talking about website development, what to look for in a good website. Maybe it's talking about ways to go through and do self-promotion. All of that and more are available to be discussed at noon on Wednesdays with Gabe Ripley and the Tattoo Now show. Following that and capping off the week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Uh, where we get to go through and hear everyone's stories and hear different stories about people collecting tattoos from other artists. Um, You know, we also cover a lot of other topics during those podcasts. It's absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend you take a look at that one. It's always entertaining. We do have a special live event coming up and that is the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. Tickets are on sale now, but Space is very limited. I know rooms are getting close to being sold out. So if you do want to attend this year's Paradise Gathering, which I highly recommend you do, and I'll tell you why in just a second. If you plan on attending, get your rooms now. Um, Space is very limited. Rooms are literally selling out every day. Get your tickets now. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. We've got presenters this year live in person, such as Nick Baxter. Corey Ferguson, Gunner, Thea Duskin, Andy Chambers, Lady Sarah, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network, who will be doing his Find Your Style seminar. Um, for free, for people that purchase the tickets to the Paradise Tattoo Gathering, Tom Strum, Andre Malcolm. I can't wait to take his seminar. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and that's just to name a couple of the people that we'll be presenting. I will also be there, I will be presenting as well. I will be doing two different presentations, one on printmaking for tattoo artists, um, ways to go through and strategize prints that you might wanna have made, as well as best ways to go through and prepare your images for printmaking. Um, It's just one of two seminars I'm doing. I'm also doing a second one on procreate for tattoo artists, where we will be covering the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the insides and the outsides all of Procreate will be going over how to make your own brushes and brush sets, how to tweak your own brushes. Um, all of the tiny little nuances and more advanced features will be discussed as well. Who knows, there may be a free brush set giveaway only available at the Paradise Gathering. We'd like to go through and take a minute to thank some of our sponsors, some of the people that make these shows happen. Uh, starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping their calendar and schedules up to date. As we know, living in this post-pandemic era, certain events are still getting rescheduled like crazy. So if you are looking for the latest, most up-to-date information on a tattoo event coming to a city or town near you, or maybe it's one you plan on visiting, it's how I usually use the schedule, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. Would also like to thank TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and competitive with any type of CRM mailing list or scheduling software out there. So if you're looking for the latest and greatest digital tools to help you get more clients to come in, to get the kind of work that you really want to do TattooNow.com is exactly where you want to go for that. Um, they've been doing it for so long. I can't even tell you how long they've been doing it for since well, before I started tattooing, uh, you know, probably over 20 years, but they have been a name in the tattoo industry for a very long time. And these guys know how to go through and really get you up and off the ground and really get more clients in your chair. So take a look at TattooNow.com. Of course, this wouldn't be Reinventing the Tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you and shout out to Guy Aitchison at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. You can go to GuyAitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, some of his DVDs, I think he may still have a few custom coil machines for sale, as well as every now and then you might find him selling an original oil painting or countless fine art prints, all available at GuyEachison.com. And I would also like to say a very quick thank you and shout out to Amy Nichols over at the Apprenticeship Diaries. Um, Amy and the Apprenticeship Diaries are some of our affiliates. If you were looking for information on how to become a tattoo artist or what to expect in an apprenticeship or best strategies on how to get an apprenticeship, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Absolutely fantastic. Um, tons of great information on there that will really help you get your stride in your apprenticeship or help you achieve would also like to say a very personal thank you and shout out to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist over at TATCOM. These guys are literally diving into the science of how tattoos work and developing machines and equipment that will help you tattoo more efficiently and at a better level than you ever have before. These guys are scientifically based. They're some of the most intelligent human beings I have ever met. Um, seriously talking to them is mind-blowing during every single discussion, so take a look at TATCOM and Aaron Williams the Mad Scientist Um, these guys are the cutting edge in tattoo technology as always if you like today's episode, we ask that you post a positive review on the channel make sure you hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page and help us get the word out if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or if you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we will get back to you just as soon as we can. that kind of wraps up our intro for today. Um, Thank you everyone that may be watching. Uh, Always appreciate people tuning in uh, so that we can close, that we can close. And we may have a special guest, Ricardo Cervant, joining us today. Um, I did get a message from him earlier. So we will see if he joins us in a little bit. Um, did send out the invitation to a few other people as well. So we will see who shows up. Uh, in the meantime, while we are waiting for other people to show up, Wanted to say a quick word about reinvesting in yourself. Um, A lot of people will sit back and they will talk about investing in your career, investing in your knowledge, investing in upgrading your equipment. Um, What are you doing to reinvest in yourself, right? Something that not a lot of people really take the time to sit back and examine. Um, What are you doing to help you take yourself to another level? What are you doing to help you achieve more or to be better than you were yesterday? You know, I consider all of that to be reinvesting in yourself, whether that means going to conventions and picking people's brains there that are doing fantastic work, whether that's, um, going and taking seminars, um, you know, maybe someone like Bill Canales or Harlan Kentner or, uh, you know, anyone that you really admire is in your area doing a seminar at a studio, or even if it's a short drive away, are you attending that? Are you trying to work towards getting better than you were yesterday, right? And a lot of that comes down to, are you reinvesting in yourself into what you are doing? Are you taking the time to sit down and work on the things that you know you need to improve? You know, it's something that, You know, I, myself, I know that anatomy is one of my, uh, not necessarily one of my, you know, weakest parts, but I know it's something I need to work a bit more on. So it's something I'm constantly sitting down trying to do. Uh, I'm constantly sitting down practicing proportions, working on, okay, if I have this here and that there, how do I do this? Um, I'm constantly sitting down and working on things that I know I need to improve in order to take me to that next level, you know? Um, And that comes with work ethic, right? You have to be disciplined in that. You have to sit back and say, no, 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 I'm going to set aside one hour every night, whether, you know, it's after you put the kids to bed, or maybe it's an hour after you get home from work to decompress, you know? Come up with a realistic idea of how much time you can spend to work on those things you know you need to improve on. It doesn't have to be an hour. Maybe it's 30 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes. Um, you know, but take a little bit of time every single day. Even if it's just a small little 15-minute window that you have, take that little bit of time. Work on something you know you need to work on. Maybe it's figuring out your monthly budget or a weekly budget. Uh, maybe it's going through and building a new website. You know, 30 minutes a day over X number of days can really add up to a great, great product. So take that time, take a little bit of time every night, sit back and just say, okay, what do I need to work on? Maybe, maybe that's the first step. Sit back. Compile a list, write it down. What are the things you know you need to work on? Right? Take 20 minutes. That's what it is. 20 minutes, sit down and just write out a list. What are the things you know you really need to work on to help take yourself to another level? Maybe it's figuring out your budget or your finances, like I mentioned. Maybe it's time management, right? Maybe that's something you really need to work on. Maybe it's drawing anatomy, or maybe it's, okay, You know, I know that I need to have more contrast. Okay, great. Sit down. That's on the list. You know, make that list and then start chipping away at it. You don't have to dedicate 12 hours, you know, every single day to working on one specific thing. Chip away at it. Incremental progress leads to a compounding result, right? All you have to do is get 1% better than you were yesterday. And that's Pretty easy to do with very minimal effort. 1% better is literally next to nothing. It doesn't take a whole lot to do that. Sit down, evaluate, reflect, and start working on it. Make a goal, make a plan. Carve out a little bit of time. Maybe it's 30 minutes before your first appointment for the day. Maybe you start going to the studio 30 minutes earlier. Maybe you wake up 30 minutes earlier to make sure that you have that time. Um, Take some time every single day. Work on you. Work on the things that you know you need to work on. I call that reinvesting in yourself. And it's something that we all need to do on a daily basis in order to truly improve. You know, the first step to that, though, is evaluation. Sit back and evaluate what do you really need to work on. You know, without evaluating and without reflecting on what it is you really need to work on. You won't ever really know. After that, make a list. Right. It's that simple. If you write it down and you make a list, that's going to force you to sit back and say, "Okay, here's my list. What am I working on today? You know, and it doesn't mean that you have to work on every single thing on there. Maybe one thing leads to another Maybe you need to get better at drawing anatomy in order to go through and work on facial expressions, right? So you can take things step by step. But if you're not going through and reinvesting in yourself, you're always going to stay where you are and things will never change. If you're comfortable where you're at, great, fine, by all means. Um, You know, if you're doing all the things and you're doing everything right and life is going really, really well for you, great. If you don't want to progress anymore, that's up to you. Me, I want to progress. I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better next week than I was this week. And I want to keep that going because I know I can do better. And I know that I, if I don't push myself, if I don't work on the things that I know I need to work on, I'm never going to achieve the level that I know I can achieve. You know, And everyone has those goals. Everyone has that level that they know that they can get to if they put the work in. So reinvest in yourself, gain some of that knowledge, gain that experience, go through, take a little bit of a risk here and there, a calculated risk, but a risk. Take that risk because with no risk, there's no reward, right? You can't go through and expect things to spontaneously change on their own and if they do it's usually not in the way that you want them to so go through take some calculated risks evaluate certain things you know and then start working on what you know you need to work on in order to achieve that which you know you can achieve sometimes it may mean making sacrifices you know maybe You can't go to the bar every night like you used to. Maybe you have to wake up earlier than you want to. Maybe you have to go to sleep earlier than you want to in order to wake up earlier than you want to, right? So there will be some sacrifice involved, but without sacrifice, there's no progress. So go through, take that time, reflect, evaluate, and reinvest in yourself. And I think you would be surprised at the level that you can achieve. You just take. 20 minutes a day and just work on maybe it's one thing that you know you need to work on whether you want to do it or not doesn't matter right um there's lots of stuff i do every single day that i don't necessarily want to do but i do it anyway because i know it needs to be done and i know i'm going to be a better person because of it so go through take some time reinvest in yourself and you would be surprised at the results. Um, and I say that only because I've taken this year and I've kind of done a lot of reevaluation. Um, and, you know, one of my dreams, one of my, my goals that I had set was to get to the point that I was good enough to, to actually receive an invitation to work at the Hell City Convention. Um, Health City Convention, in my eyes, is one of the best, shows that is available in the United States. To me, it's up there with shows like um, the Austin Invitational, right? Evergreen, Um, you know, Golden State Expo, the Empire State Expo. You know, these are all premier headlining, you know, invitation only, super exclusive tattoo conventions. To me, they are a mark of progress. Right, So I've taken this year, I've taken a step back, I've done a lot of reevaluating, I've done a lot of work, and I submitted my application, and I got the acceptance to work at Hell City Convention this year, uh, well, this coming year, 2024, and I got accepted. Um, and I'm very thankful for that, um, and I couldn't be happier for that. I'm trying to make sure that everything goes smoothly with with booking that so that I can be there this year. But that to me was a goal that I had set. You know, that was to me a level that I knew I could achieve if I put in the work, if I reinvested in myself hard enough, and if I really pushed myself to do better than I was. And it's paid off, you know. Most of the people that apply for a booth at Hell City do not get accepted. Um, I know that because I've spent the past three or four years trying to apply to it to get in so that I could work at it, and it never happened. Um, I got the acceptance letter this year and I've been overjoyed ever since, but I also know that with that means I have to crank things up. I have to turn it up a notch. I have to be more disciplined. I have to be, I have to work harder than I ever did before. Because I don't want to show up and be, you know, the worst guy in the room, you know. I want to show up and I want to kick ass and take names. That's what I want to do. And I want people to stop by my booth and be like, "Yo, that's amazing. Like, bravo on that. That looks really, really good. Um, Or man, I can't wait to see how that turns out. That's going to be epic. So I'm very, very excited for this. Uh, but I know it means that I need to work even harder than I have before. Uh, Creatures Cave, thank you very much. Uh, always appreciate it, and thank you for tuning in today. Um, so, I mean, with that though, I may not be able to work one of the uh, one of the usual conventions that I usually work, which is Philly. But I'm sitting down and I'm going to take some time and think about that and plan that out financially and see how that goes. Um, We'll see how things go. But I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that happens. Very, very excited to be a part of that this year. Um, And I'm also excited to be a presenter at the Paradise Gathering, which I never thought I would ever do um to me that was like one of those like mount everest of accomplishments you know being selected to go and present at that i was like whoa what's going on here these guys are like really really good and why are you inviting me um but i gotta give myself some credit it's like okay i know why they invited me. i've worked my ass off and i plan on working my ass off even harder than i ever have before. Um, it means sacrificing a lot of time. You know, I was up until one o'clock in the morning for the past three nights, just busting my butt. Um, just trying to make sure that, you know, I've got a lot of really great artwork that I can work on, um, at these shows. So, uh, speaking of which I'm going to go through
0: and, uh,
1: yeah. What am I working on today? So as you can tell, I've been drawing my butt off. Um, actually, I wanted to work on one of these dragons. You know, just trying to to absolutely work my butt off um, to really go through and push myself to see what I can do, to see what I can produce, come up with something better than I ever have before. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working on with a lot of this stuff. Um, I love the Liquify feature, by the way. And Procreate, it's very, very awesome. Especially if you need to like shrink something real quick, but you don't want to shrink everything on the layer. Um, it's really good for like adjusting proportions, stuff like that. Um, You know, maybe you draw a face and the nose is too big. Well, when you go through, use the little pinch feature, shrinks just the nose area and everything else stays the same. One of the many tricks I will be going over at this year's Paradise Gathering um, in my Procreate seminar. So please, if you are interested in learning some of the uh, little tricks of the trade uh, that there are with this software, um by all means please sign up um i'll be happy to walk everyone through every single thing that i do uh let's go through
0: and we'll pick a different color yeah that's a good color
1: sketch yeah i've been working on a number of different things um anyone that's out there that follows me on Instagram, you'll notice that I've posted up quite a few different designs over the last couple of days, uh, a couple of deruma dolls um, that I would really like to tattoo. Um, and that's part of the thing, right? That's part of what we do as far as like drawing and designing and sketching and developing these designs. Sometimes you'll draw something out and people won't even know that they want to you know, whatever it is that you're drawing. And they don't know it because they've never seen it. So if they see something that you've designed and they absolutely love it, they'll book an appointment, they'll come in and get it. And it's great. You know, so that's part of the reason why I always work on a lot of different stuff. Um, And I always throw around a lot of different ideas because you really don't know what people are going to want to get done. Um, so why not go through and drop a whole mess of stuff and just see what people want to get done? Um, you know, it's the way a lot of uh, a lot of conventions work. You know, there are a lot of conventions out there that you know people have pre-drawn stuff and that's all that they're doing at that show. And if you see something on the table that you like, awesome. Um, you know, snag it up before someone else does. But there's, you know, not everyone that works at a show or at a convention is willing to sit back and take three hours to draw out this dream catcher and um, geometric mandala piece that, you know, someone may want in a very, very small area. Um, You know, instead, they may be trying to focus on something specific. Uh, Maybe it's dragons, maybe it's, you know, geometric work, maybe it's um daruma dolls or tigers or you know whatever um you never really know but you never know until you ask either so always recommend uh you know going through and seeing what people have
0: you
1: know i think this year at the shows that i plan on working at um I think I'm going to bring a whole host of different dragon designs with me. Um, In fact, I may go through,
0: may keep part of this, and then let's draw something else up for the hand.
1: We're going to start fresh. So if this is my body. Maybe we'll just do we'll make this the center of the hand Like little thumb now, typically speaking, dragons do not have opposable thumbs. I like to give mine opposable thumbs. Um, I just think it makes them look. Not necessarily more anatomically correct, but I just like the way it makes
0: them look. um. Yeah, give this guy a little bit of a bend. Not too much. I try to make sure that everything stays
1: on like a standard arc for dragon hands. Um, You know, you've got your first layer of knuckles here. You've got your second layer of knuckles. Then you've got, roughly speaking, where the, uh, this one's more of a triangular shape. This is where the claws would come out, the nails would come out. It's tricky if you're working with uh, different types of like foreshortening and perspectives and angles, um, because you really do have to think of it in a three-dimensional kind of sense, right? If I had, you know, say I wanted my, my hand to be coming
0: towards the viewer right
1: then how would i draw that because if this is base of the hand if this finger is coming straight at me based on foreshortening all i'm really going to see is this i might see a bit of the top knuckle here right And then I may see more of this down here for another finger. Maybe
0: um, what would I want to draw? I would have something down here like this, maybe another one here. This nail would be coming
1: down. know, all I would really see is the front edge of this, maybe a little bit of this back knuckle, this knuckle, this knuckle. This would appear way larger to me because it's coming at me than any of these other fingers. You know, just because, you know, may not seem that way doesn't mean that foreshortening and perspective don't exist in every single thing that we're drawing. If we want to draw it in a unique way Now it's also a way to create a sense of depth. Um, you know, just strictly based on foreshortening and everything of that nature, um, by making certain things obnoxiously large to make it really look like they're coming at you, can really change the way that certain things look. This is actually going to be partially obscured because I want this side of the hand. Tuck that knuckle.
0: Make that a bit more faint. We can actually hide the head too. Okay, so. Knuckle, knuckle, and then that comes out, and that's where our nail's going to connect. We've got knuckle, knuckle. Nail connects here. We'll give this one a bit more of a
1: uh, straight out. This guy can come out a little bit. Uh, we'll give this one a bit more of a straight nail, too. Sometimes it's good to go through and do some volume sketching, like basically sketch out the whole volume of what it is that you want to draw, and then go through and you know try to find its flow, try to find how is it going to wrap, what direction Do you want it to flow in? If this was a realistic object, how would it curve? You know, would it curve around in this kind of a way to create almost like a cylinder look like here? Would it, you know, curve around in a different aspect in a different way? Uh, Maybe you would only see the tops of something. You know, so sometimes it is nice to go through and just do a little bit of volume sketching and just trying to figure out like how how would this flow in real life. That's why you'll see some people, whenever they draw snakes or dragon bodies, they'll go through and they'll use a whole bunch of circles. Kind of like the way that this dragon being, like the dragon body behind me has been sketched out. Although that was a pre-configured Procreate brush. Um, But by drawing, these ovals and these circles it really does help you get an idea of the volume of what it is you're producing um and by volume i mean the actual like if it was physical what would the actual three-dimensional uh look of it how would it look that's what i mean when i say volume not talking turn it up to 11 although i would like to turn this up to 11 and make it super awesome um but you know it's it's a good question how if this was a a real thing in front of you how would it look so sometimes i'll sketch out the volume and i'll start drawing out the volume of if it was a physical object how would that how would that sit how would that Look at that perspective. And that's what kind of helps me dictate, you know, where am I going to put this part? How is this going to look? Is this at the right angle? Is this at the right perspective? You know, I know that if I've got a hand here, a little bit of a knuckle here, a bit of a knuckle there,
0: knuckle up top knuckle, here's this,
1: that can come over. This guy's got some pretty long slender fingers. Um, I used to draw a lot of dragon claws, just like straight lines, and then just Kind of hook the fingernail around. That does work too, but you need to have a little bit of a bump uh, just to denote the joint, just to denote the uh, the knuckle. You know, you don't have to have the whole joint bent, but it would, it it is going to help as far as understanding anyone that looks at it, understanding what it is and how does it move. Um, because of the perspective, I want this to be at, you're only really going to see this middle knuckle.
0: This part would come down a bit.
1: Cool. Wonder if, uh, Andre Malcolm's going to be, uh, watching today. Um, that was kind of intimidating last week, but such a nice guy, such a humble human being. Um. And he is awesome at drawing everything. So uh, I really love the way that he draws and he renders certain things. He's got a great process uh, thumbnailing, 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 final. You know, I remember him saying during one seminar that, you know, sometimes he would do 50 different thumbnails, just trying to get some waves right. It's like, whoa, that's awesome. But it just goes to show that the more time you put into drawing a design or coming up with a concept and designing something for someone, typically speaking, the better product you're going to get.
0: Now, for this, we're going to have the back of the hand. Maybe I want that to be up a little bit. If I want that. Maybe I want it to be bent back a bit. Palm um, here.
1: We have this kind of rotating over on this kind of a way. I'm not going to see too much of that, but we will see some of the palm.
0: That. Almost like a, almost like a creepy, like witches kind of angle. A little bit of that. In
1: I took the whole thing and rotated that. This, by the way, is also why I encourage people to draw on different layers. Um, This way you can go through and you can rotate individual sections, individual parts.
0: that top knuckle. That would be part of the palm. Maybe bring this down a bit. Once again, we can use our volume sketching to
1: kind of figure out How thick do I want this to be before I draw the edges, before I draw the lines? Maybe I want to have
0: this be the deltoid.
1: Right. Now the tricep would be mostly hidden, the bicep would come down. That would be mostly obscured by the forearm. Just give this, like, tiny
0: little inference. Forward deltoid would curve around here. This would all be the inside of this arm. Maybe add, like, a little thing there, making it bumpy. And not a bad little dragon claw. How's that going to look? The rest of our head. That could work all right. Maybe move that over a bit more.
1: That may work. Let's do another option. When in doubt, draw three or four options just see which one out of those three or four might look the best. Sometimes you want to start with a a wireframe, you know, deltoid,
0: elbow, forearm. Now, what would be a really cool perspective? Maybe... A lot of
1: people will do, like, almost like a fan kind of layout, right? I'm trying to be a bit different. Maybe I want to, maybe we go back to the foreshortened perspective. Um,
0: But would that look right? Maybe,
1: maybe not. Maybe I do want to have one finger coming towards us here. That can curve down.
0: That would be a thumb. Maybe throw this guy in the background. That could work a little bit nicer.
1: Make them look a little creepy, right? So there's one there. Now we're going to go back through. Let's do something a little bit of a cooler, darker blue. make this a bit smaller.
0: So we've got finger number one back here. We've got the webbing
1: in between the thumb and the forefinger here. This is our forefinger. I just have to be careful about where this webbing goes because typically speaking, if you look at your hand, it's about halfway in between the first or the second knuckle and then the knuckle where it joins the hand. So if here's a knuckle, here's a knuckle, here's a knuckle. Here's where it connects to the fingernail. I would have another knuckle here, so about halfway in between
0: these two. I would have this, this guy in the background would be pretty much shadowed. I wouldn't even bother to put any detail on him.
1: Because he's going to be so far into the background, it's almost not going to be recognizable.
0: See a little peak of this fingernail over here. That would come in and over. This would be the bend at the wrist. No, get funky with
1: it, make it look like an alien hand or, you know doesn't have to be the same dragon hand or dragon claw that everyone else draws use use your imagination use three dimensions look at things like bird claws and bird talons um you know things like that you know dragons are supposed to have the talons of an eagle anyway i believe i'm pretty sure on that maybe i got the animal mixed up so that's typically what I'll go through and I'll look at whenever I'm drawing uh dragon claws is I'll look at, you know, basically how do how do raven claws look, or crow's feet or eagle feet? You know, granted, I'm not going to draw every digit or every toe or would those be toes or fingers? I don't know. I'm not going to draw every single one of them, but, um.
0: This would be scaling, scaling here and here. You know, that's one of the
1: things that it doesn't matter what artist you admire, you know, or whose work you look at for inspiration. I can guarantee you the reason why they are your inspiration is because they're drawing things in a different way. So sometimes the best way to do that to put a different perspective on it. Put a different, um, you know, angle to something.
0: Now, that's a creepy-looking dragon hand. It's a bit too big, but... You know, so that could be option two. Always put your options in groups. Um, so this would be its own group, uh, that one would be a group, and then we'll draw a third group. Maybe once again, we'll start with a wireframe, make our brush a bit bigger, deltoid, elbow, forearm, Uh, Maybe we want this guy pointing, right? So this would be the top of the hand, thumb, and maybe we want this finger to just kind of come up slightly and maybe come down.
1: Maybe this one will come down and then curve in. Or we could give this, we could give the thumb or the interior digit. um, Maybe we'll give that one a
0: bit of a different angle. Maybe we'll do that. And then here.
1: Or, yeah, let's do this. We'll do here, here, and then curl that one back up. This guy will be en- end up going straight. And uh,
0: this fingernail will be straight.
1: Mm-hmm. Always use your hands for models too. Like sometimes just by looking at the way that you can move like three different fingers can give you an idea of Okay, if this, where would, how would this work? What would be a cool perspective for that? You know, should I do, if I wanted to have a dragon pointing with no opposable thumb, how would my fingers look if I did something like this? You know, maybe I have the first one curl in. Maybe I want it to be up a little higher. I want that middle one pointing. Maybe I want it down a little bit lower. But it just gives you an idea of where things would line up. Maybe I want the first digit pointing and the second two curled around. That could be cool. Let's do that one.
0: So we're going to reevaluate some things. So forearm, right? Call this the top of the hand. And then we would want first our index finger pointing, then second finger, third, right? So, yeah. so if I hold that. Yeah. Second and then third would be down here. You know, almost like he's pointing the way to something. Then, actually, that would follow a little bit more parallel. And then this one would follow parallel to that. It's just the angle of this front portion a bit more. Good. No, don't like it. Maybe we should go with something coming more at us. Maybe we'll have this opposable digit coming at us. So that's going to be a bit bigger. And then we'll have something
1: the other digit here. Other digit kind of parallel.
0: Yeah, let's go with that one.
1: So we're going to take that and drop the opacity down a little bit, add a new layer. I always like to work with blues. Don't ask me why. I just do. Um, next thing we got to do is figure out where are our knuckles. So there's a knuckle. There's a knuckle. Here's a knuckle. Then we've got secondary knuckle.
0: Right. So these are going to be almost on top of each other. Where is it connecting to the fingernail?
1: Here. Make sure that if you're plotting out the knuckles and you're using foreshortening and perspective, make sure that anything that's coming closer to you is going to be drawn bigger gradually. So, like this one. This second knuckle here is going to be bigger than this one here. And this one here, which is going to be the closest to us, is the biggest. Um, That immediately is going to help you remember that, oh, yeah, this is coming in proportion. And this is going to end up looking a lot bigger than, than what I originally thought. So we've got that. Here's our rough layout for Dragon Claw. That can go into the center. We're going to put a little bit of webbing here. Halfway in between that, halfway in between that,
0: although this would probably be up over here a bit. And then this, which is going to be our fingernail, We're only going to see, we're not really going to see too much of the curve. Because part of it's going to end up moving backwards, but it is going to taper down. Cool. And then this gets little bit less opacity. Shrink our sketching pencil down a little bit. Now we've got Refine over. Up. roll around a little bit although that angle is slightly off. Okay. This would be this knuckle.
1: Uh, For some of these knuckles, I like to like flatten out the tops of them. You know, because we're gonna have like scale work here. Like tiny little ridges just kind of connecting down and around. It's gonna give it a little bit more of that kind of
0: like scaled appearance, I guess. This guy. We can do a little bit of a flat top, but we're not going to see too much of it. Then this is going to curve in. You can already start to see this thing taking shape. Well, maybe we'll. that back down a bit. Make this one a little bit thicker. That's where the webbing would go. Probably see a little bit of that. This one a backward. I always like to make the dragon finger tips a bit bigger. Don't know why, I just kinda always do. There we go. Good. Good. Good.
1: broad to specific, broad to specific, always work broad to specific. Don't have to truly define it just yet, because I may end up going back through and making this part
0: a bit shorter. Right there, There. much better. I like it.
1: Sometimes it takes more than one version of something to go through and you know, really kind of figure out what it is you're trying to do and what angles you like on certain things. Um, you know, so don't be afraid to sit back and invest more time and, you know, really try to figure out, okay, how do I want this to look? Try something different. Try a different perspective on whatever it is you're drawing because you never know that you could very easily come up with something that no one else has ever seen or even attempted before, and it could be an absolute game changer for everyone, myself included. I'm constantly impressed by different people that do things or the same thing in a different way.
0: So for me,
1: it's like... You know, let me see what variations on the same kind of thing people are doing. You know, maybe I'll have this finger curling around so that it's like going away and then coming back towards us. But if I do that, now I have to change this bottom portion a bit, but that's okay because that's going to look a lot better.
0: this out a bit more Good Ah, oh, who's this Ricardo?
1: Ah, oh, Ricardo Certavant Very big inspiration uh very, very good friend of mine. Inc- incredibly talented tattoo artist and amazing painter ricardo certavante ladies and gentlemen welcome to today's show
2: hey what's up man
0: thanks for having me can you hear me
1: please welcome on here man cool yeah sorry i was just taking a sip of coffee
2: i didn't see sorry about that
1: ah it's all good man how have you been i'm pretty good Same busy
2: that's good yeah doing a lot of stuff a lot
1: of work a lot of stuff outside the shop too you know what i mean yeah oh dude trust me i'm very well aware of how much of a busy bee you can be (laughs) i like to
2: keep myself occupied for sure
1: well don't we all man don't we all you know staying occupied keeping busy that's one of the keys to happiness in my opinion Oh sure. So what's up with you? What's new to you? Do you got travel plans coming up soon or what? I've got Paradise Gathering coming up in October. Um Puerto Rico in December. And then um right now it doesn't look like a whole hell of a lot. I don't know if I'm working at the Philly show this year, um, which is weird because it'll be like the first time in 13 years I've missed it. But oh, no you know and it's not for any other reason other than you know last year was kind of kind of a mess uh just with booth mates and everything like that and i ended up eating way too much of the cost of everything
2: yeah that sucks. and
1: that really really upset me so for me it's kind of like okay well do I want to go through and put the same kind of risk out there again? Especially because last year I got a double booth and I was supposed Mm -hmm. to have two people work with me, neither one of which showed up. Oh, no. So it was me alone in a double booth picking up the cost for two-thirds of it. So I was not a happy camper. It was the equivalent of buying my own single booth, only more expensive.
2: Yeah. Bummer, man I'm sorry to hear that yeah
1: well you know sometimes in life these things happen and the best thing we can do is learn from it and you know try to do better next time um as much as I absolutely love working at the Philadelphia show it's um it's definitely a huge show and I've got a lot of local clientele so it's not like I ever Know really lose out on money, but last year was just really, really rough. And this year I've kind of taken a step back from traveling and everything like that.
0: Yeah, um, right,
1: yeah. So it's it, it ended up being one of those situations where it's like maybe I should just take a little bit of time, reset, um, reevaluate some stuff, and maybe pick it up again next year. Next year is looking like it's gonna be absolutely incredible. Um I've got the I've got Hell City that I'm doing next year for sure. Just got to mm. get that submitted and in. Um you know I've got a lot of really really fun stuff. Actually I was invited to both Hell Cities, um one with my friend Chris Mack from Ohio or from Wisconsin. Mm. Um So that's going to be awesome. I met Chris Mack last year at Puerto Rico. Uh, He's a regular artist down at the Puerto Rico show and um, we kind of hit it off. So, and he hit me up and he's like, Hey, want to do Hell city Phoenix? I'm like, yes, absolutely. That would be awesome because I didn't think they were ever doing that show again. There you go. So I am not going to miss this opportunity. but yeah, other than that, man, just, you know, doing my thing, been uh, doing a lot of painting. Uh, well, trying to do a lot more painting hasn't actually happened. Got a lot more layouts going on, but not a whole lot of um, actual progress on any of them. So it's something I need to get in back into, which, by the way, if anyone out there is looking for a cheap, cheap place for new paint brushes take a look at timu it's like some kind of weird app where you can order stuff i just got a whole ton of brand new brushes for like next to nothing um i think i paid 50 bucks and i got like a brand new like super nice fancy brush pen whole bunch of new quill brushes you know for um you know, doing, like, large, like, watercolor paintings. A nice new travel brush. Um, and then an entire set with a carrier of, like, all of these brand-new brushes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The whole thing was 50 bucks. It was great. Uh, normally, for a couple of really nice quill brushes, you'd be paying somewhere upwards of 30 to $50 a piece. So... I mean, it, it'll save you a bit of money. Um,
2: and the quality's good too, huh? I uh,
1: haven't tried them out yet, so I' I can't really comment on that per se, but
0: yeah.
1: I'm, they seem pretty good. They've got great ferals they've got um, I did a little bristle tug just to see how well that they were in there, and they seem pretty in there. So I don't think any of them are going to fall out and I don't think I'm going to lose any bristles in my paintings, which is always a fear of mine. Um, But yeah, it's turning out to be a great investment. So I'm pretty stoked for it. And they've got everything on there. I almost bought like a weird like riot helmet the other day just because I thought it looked really, really cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it, it had like a fold up face shield and everything. Oh, it was super cool. And I looked at it, and I'm like, 50 bucks. When am I ever going to see this again? Do I really need it, though? Probably not, because I'm not in Riot Patrol. So I don't really have a need for it. So I didn't buy it. Right. It looked really awesome.
0: So they've got all kinds of
1: stuff on there. But uh, but yeah, man, just... um trying to improve every day a little bit more, uh, been working on a lot more Japanese dragons. Um, I took a Uh, seminar with Bill Canales,
2: uh, mm -hmm. San
1: Diego, uh, it was a six hour intensive dragon course. And, um, he kind of lit the spark under my butt for drawing more dragons. And, uh, I've been like trying to work on them for, you know, 30 minutes every day for the past but, month or two.
2: trying to get it to where dragons aren't dragons.
1: Yeah, getting it to the point where like I've got so many different dragon heads drawn up that yeah. it's like, cool, which one do I want to use for this next tattoo? Um, yeah,
2: that's awesome.
1: I'm also trying to get some stuff together because next year in the Chinese Zodiac is the year of the dragon. Yeah, there you go. So I'm trying to get a lot of stuff like pre-drawn, set, and ready to go specifically for the year of the dragon very cool um i also recently got a brand new massive dragon painting laid out it's uh two feet by four feet hopefully i have the uh time and discipline to knock that out at paradise gathering this year i'd love to be able to knock it all out you know over a course of a couple of days up there but we'll see how things go But Bill's seminar was amazing, man. It covered everything from dragon claws and hands to uh, body layouts, uh, beard styles, just everything. It was completely comprehensive. If he offers it again next year, I may take it again just to like some stuff. But
2: yeah, yeah. It's always good to like get back into things, even if you feel like you've already
1: done it oh absolutely but how about you man what have you been working on Uh, i did this um skull water kind
2: of thing the other day that was pretty fun Uh, i've been trying to get more into like a, a tattoo feel of my my tattoo project or my drawing projects and stuff lately you know what i mean gotcha yeah oh that was pretty fun and i'm i did this uh Elden ring, I didn't. Elven ring, I think is what it's called. I did this, uh, Elven ring sleeve the other day, or I'm getting closer to finishing that. So that's been pretty cool too. It's been painstakingly like detailed. So it's been a, a task for sure. Uh, so that's been pretty fun, man.
1: Is that the one that you posted the progress shot up on on uh, Instagram?
2: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, dude,
1: that's coming out absolutely incredible. Thank you.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
0: Let me show you that I'll show you the drawing
2: for the skull water thing that I did to you. Let me see if I can't find it. Hold on. Well, here's a Hanya that I'm working on with split kind of thing with uh, Bruno. I'll show you this first.: Oh hell, yeah, man. Yeah Bruno, did, look at uh, that thing. Bruno did this side. I'm doing that side. Very nice. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, And then the school water one, you find that one. This. Yeah, this,
0: this is the drawing I
2: did for it, too.
0: Oh, that's sick,
1: dude. Are you trying to put those together as, like, a flash sheet?
2: No, this one was just for the project itself, you know what I mean? The other one, this one was for the tattoo that I did. I did the tattoo... Let me see if I can find it here. Hold on one second. Uh, but I'm just trying to do a little bit more. Like, I'm trying to get to where I can have a little bit more finished feel to my tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, Gotcha. Like more of an illustrative tattoo look, you know? Uh, I'm trying to go back down that road again. Um, let me see. I have some pictures here I'll show you real quick. I'll see if you, how well you can see them. Um, let's see.
0: Actually, let me just pull them up into Procreate real quick. Hold on one second. Yeah. Take your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to hang out with Bruno again this
2: year. Oh yeah. You're going to see him at, uh,
0: at Paradise Gathering, yeah. At
2: Paradise Gathering, cool. Right, so here is a
0: fresh fur that I grabbed. Oh, sick, dude. That's sick. Thank you. And then here's the other side of it. You see. Oh, dude, that's That's nasty.
1: I love that, man.
0: Thanks,
2: man. That came out great. I appreciate that very much. Thank you.
1: Reminds me a lot of um, Justin Weatherholtz.
2: Yeah, it's got that feel to it. It's definitely an inspiration. It was definitely an inspiration. Well, what happened was this guy, he had a few main ideas and he had placement for the tattoos that he wanted. So we put them on his arm. We did a, a clipper ship last time on his upper bicep on the outside. And he's like, I don't know what else to put in there. What do you think? I was like, let's just do some skull water, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Look at that. And I was like, well, let's check it out. So we flipped through a couple books and stuff like that with the Japanese waves and then started flipping through some skull books and stuff. And, and we did it. So it's definitely got that weather holds kind of feel, though. And that it's, it's a compliment. to so thank you.
1: Well, and you can tell, man, he spent a lot of time studying uh, Mike I- or Greg Irons uh yeah, and yeah, the way sure. greg irons drew his waves
2: mm-hmm. so
1: i mean he he actually just released a book that i really want to pick up um greg irons did uh no 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 justin weatherholtz uh oh, cool. i forget what the name of it is but it's um like death at sea or something like that mm-hmm. but it's a fantastic book and it's just filled with different types of water images and it's yeah. pretty big, like frameable print size. If you were to cut out each page, yeah. Um, but he you can tell and you can see the Greg Irons influence in the way that he drew his water, yeah. So, bravo, man. That it's not easy to get that kind of a flow, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been trying to work on waves as well for a long, long time, man, and it's not an easy task
2: sure is not yeah that's what i was mostly mostly concentrating on whenever i did it was like how to fill the space like in a in a nice design kind of way you know what i mean like uh, to keep it all flowing together and kind of just keep the movement in the whole piece right
1: well and keeping it moving and flowing especially in a given or a specific direction that you want it to move in that, right. to me, is always one of the most challenging aspects behind it.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's easy to kind of get a little bit, ang- like the angle off just a little bit, you know what I mean? Yep.
0: Yeah, that'll give me a good dragon claw for behind this head. So, yeah, you know, I'm just having fun with these kind of
2: waves and getting back into like the illustrative kind of part of tattooing and stuff like that you know what i mean right on yeah
1: something we all have to do every now and then is you know
2: go back to get the back beginning.
1: Into, yeah get back into certain things um you know whether it's getting back to the illustrative part or maybe revisiting you know different ideas and perspectives that we have in our head that we've learned over the years and questioning well why do i outline a lot of this right right exactly. if, if i'm going for a realistic look why am i going to outline this part of you know this tattoo you know and it's like oh yeah that's right because that's where i'm going to shade off of in order to make that line disappear and that's going to create that as a hard edge totally. it's like oh yeah i forgot about that
2: so me my goats man totes me goats
1: yeah. I, lately, I've been trying to uh, simplify a lot of the things that I do and just add a lot more contrast, mm-hmm. uh, especially to my black and gray work, just trying to really bump it up, um, trying to use a lot more real hard black, which I yeah. the black that I was using at, to the point that I'm now starting to realize that maybe that wasn't such a good idea because the black that I'm using now is so dark by comparison that it stands out beyond everything else that I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like, uh, all right, well now I really got to figure out how to make, how to make the contrast way darker. Uh, But I will say this, if you're looking for a good black outlining ink, Panthera outlining ink is incredible. Um, It's dark. It's, very easy to use but it's really only good for outlining
2: you know what i've been using a lot lately is uh the tim hendrix black really i'm solid yeah dude i love that stuff man it's awesome
1: and is it does it thin out real well or is yeah, it like yeah yeah i
2: disperse it with all my black and gray washes you know what i mean it's like it's very versatile as far as you know, a lot of times you have to use some blacks for lining and others for like like creating your washes and stuff like that for your values and everything like that. But I've been doing using that and just witch hazel for everything, dude. It's it's awesome. Hmm.
1: I'm Chaser. going to have to look into that.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. I love it. And it's uh when you're lining with it too, it's not too thick, either. You know what I mean? No blowouts, and no
0: nothing like that.
2: It's, I will add just a touch of witch hazel to it whenever I'm using like type threes, you know what I mean? Right, right. But it's, I don't think that's necessarily the ink or the pigment. I think it's like just the fact that it's such a tight grouping.
1: Yeah, gives it a little bit more, um, little bit more of a fluid flow.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, just doesn't, it doesn't fog up on your anything like that either, you know, so to speak. So be pretty fun.
0: I like it. I like it
2: a lot. It's been a a game changer for me.
1: Well, that's awesome. I always love to hear about game changers.
2: For me, yeah, Yeah. it has been. You know, know, it's like, but you give one person a tool and it doesn't work the same for them though, you know?
1: Right. You know, everyone's a bit different. Everyone's a bit unique and you know, what works for me may not work for other people and vice versa. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. You know, I'm actually playing around now with a different color company. Um, I started trying out some of these chroma inks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, man, I they're a lot thinner than what I'm used to working with. Mm-hmm. And they're powder-based, but they are flying in. And it's making doing color tattoos so easy. I feel like it's cheating, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, because it it just goes in and it's there and it's saturated. You have to make sure that you shake the absolute shit out of the bottle, which I'm not a big fan of, but, you know, it's kind of like...
2: like, Get one of those little blenders, dude. Yeah. You know, I I have one now and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I got one of the the little test tube shakers and agitators or
2: mixers. Exactly, exactly. And
1: um, that thing has been a godsend. Uh, that it really helps break up everything that settles and i keep my bottles usually stored horizontally anyway Mm
2: -hmm. it just
1: i've always found that that makes things easier to shake up
2: yeah well it doesn't all settle at the bottom it's like kind of on the side a little bit exactly
1: yeah it it, to me it just makes it easier to shake up and like disperse Mm -hmm. so uh, i mean it works really really well um They've got a couple of colors, like for a bright, vibrant red. I love their lipstick red. Um, They've got a bright navy blue, which is, like, I think one of my favorite blues that I've ever used. Um, You know, but it's very, very traditional, old-school powder-based. So it's not for everyone. And if you have never worked with powder-based pigments before... If you're used to like the micro dispersed, like Eternal, Fusion, um, companies like that, then it's going to be a bit different. You don't yeah. have to try as hard. But at the same time, some of the lighter colors definitely are not going to show up as quick. So you yeah. have to keep that in mind and not overwork the skin. Um, but they, they have the um, yellows. Oh, yeah, dude. yellow's notorious for that. You're yeah. like, is it there? Is it there? All right. I'm going to go and work in a different area. Yeah. Then I'll, I'll give that a few minutes to calm down and I'll see if it's there. Oh, it is there. Oh, and it's nice yeah. and solid. Wow. yeah,
0: but yeah Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah.
1: Just progress every day. Um, haven't heard from Guy in a while, so I may hit him up and just check on him and see how he's doing.
0: Um mm-hmm. you know, make sure his shoulder is doing all right. Looks like he's been doing a lot of paintings so. though. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, you know, I love to see that.
1: I still would love to get out there one day and, you know, just sit down and paint with him. Just watch his process. Just such an inspirational human being. But um, I'm actually also really excited. Um, Andy Chambers is going to be up at Paradise Gathering this year. And uh, I've been talking to him a bit uh through the fireside network
2: Mm -hmm.
1: just you know like saying hi and saying what's up and stuff like that and um he'll probably jump in and do some collaborative drawing and painting uh up at paradise this year andre malcolm will be there and i was talking to him he actually was watching last week as i was drawing a dragon head and um you know so i reached out to him and you know we'll probably end up doing some collaborative drawing up at paradise this year with andre so that's Excellent. gonna be epic you know I'm, I'm very excited for for paradise this year
0: and i'm same just, spot Germany
1: peak yep same spot uh, yeah. just as excited too for hell city so that's going to be awesome
2: Yeah, man. It'll be a good time. I'm glad you get to go.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to roll in with um, a whole bunch of paintings as well to help outfit their, um, I think they call it the wet canvas gallery or whatever, where they actually have like paintings <laughs> for sale uh, done mm-hmm. by different artists. Yeah. Don't know if anything will sell, but I'm trying to at least throw up three or four really, really nice size paintings. For sale there
2: yeah I hope that works out man it's always hard to get a collection like that going sometimes
1: yeah tell me about it yeah especially I mean I've got one already laid out it's uh, this new bodysuit I've been working on it's let me see
2: if I can pull it up
1: uh, it's a bodysuit design that I started mocking up with color and procreate yeah, look at that. that's awesome
0: dude that's killer.
2: Very nice. The Jason Leeser snake combo, flower combo. That's awesome. Oh, well, yeah,
1: dude. I mean, it, it took me a number of years to really figure out how to draw them right. Um, but, you know, I got it down pat now and it's like, oh, yeah, dra- snakes. Snakes are easy. Um, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Now I got that. Now, what else do I need to work on? Oh, snake bodies are kind of like dragon bodies. Cool.
2: Yeah, totally. You
1: know, so I've been working on a lot more dragons and just seeing like the, I want to say the crossover between them.
0: Mm -hmm. This would be the bicep, deltoid inner bicep tricep would be back here
1: i always get like kind of confused about how dragon arms actually attach to the body yeah because i've seen it done in so many different ways and it's like okay well how do i want this to attach
2: you mean like where or how it attaches
1: um, like where? so if I had my upper deltoid here, right for the the dragon arm, right? I know that there would be a little bit of like a cap there, and I always try to, you know, just do like a little bit of a a notchy attachment to the actual body um.
2: Well, what about his neck? What about the dragon's neck? What is the neck going to be?
1: So neck starts here and comes around. So I can always move the dragon arm down a bit if I need to.
2: I think that's what
0: I would do for sure.
2: Yeah, because you want to see more of the neck behind the head, I think. Yeah. But you don't want to take a, you don't want to take away that curve. But that's a cool curve on the top on the back part of his head, though. I like that.
1: You're right, and it creates um uh, creates a lot more like visual momentum.
2: Yeah, you sped it up. Definitely sped it up.
1: Well, it creates continuity of visual of like visual line, right? So you've got
2: yeah.
1: It brings your eye over, and you can see where the neck is compared to the rest of the body and you can see how it's kind of curving and flowing. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. I think that
2: yeah. I think that the back arm is usually kind of dissipated anyway. I think most of the time you see you'd see the bottom right hand shoulder or our right hand. Typically yeah yeah yeah.
1: So however here's where I'm running into an issue because of the size that i'm drawing this at and where the body is positioned i know i'm not going to be able to get too much for the other arm like the the shoulder area even if i bring that down and over it would still be Mm -hmm. cropped yeah so i'm trying to like i i think i might stick with just the one arm maybe have like part of a hand
2: like his
0: knuckles and yeah, I may have like
1: part of a hand here. Yeah. You know, but part of that would also end up getting cropped out. So it's like, all right, I can have a little bit of this, but I'm that's why I kind of need to show a little bit more of this this arm.
0: Yeah. It depends on if you want to see volume, like a lot of volume to it or not too, you know, like I usually try to think of the, uh, the dragon arms kind of like you know, the these things. Oh, dragons.
2: They're so fun, man. There's like, and there's a lot of dirt you can have too. Like, is it going to be more like a a horse kind of look? Is it more like the fish kind of look? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times the the way they attach is almost, I always thought it was kind of like a, uh, like a fish, like a fish fin, you know what I mean? Like where it just kind of like seams into the part of the body. Does that make sense?
1: It does, like on, yes. Like on, a
2: koi, like on a koi fish or something Almost.
1: So I always like to give a little bit of like the, an edge to like the top of the deltoid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just to kind of show that, hey, there is mass here.
0: Right. You know, and
1: maybe I'll have it like dissipate a little bit. But especially when I'm working at this kind of a perspective, it it makes it a little
0: bit more tricky. Although, if I alter the perspective of this portion of the arm, I've got
1: deltoid. If I make it more bicep straight on, just minimal.
0: That would disappear back there. Good. That would all disappear into the back. Can probably get away with a little bit of something like this, just because if I have my underbelly
1: here, where this is starting to curl around, see, this is what I like about drawing things well in advance, because you get to figure out all of these problems ahead of time. Mm
0: This would be the underbelly. So then this would disappear to here. Might still have a little bit of form here. I always think of it kind of like where it attaches like this. This would be the back, spine, and then the shoulder. Right, right, gotcha. know, I don't know if you can, can you see that?
1: Yep. Yeah, I see it. I see yeah. what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, so that's kind of like where I think, I usually think it fits, is like, it'd be on the side of, like, almost like on our lat area, you know what I mean? Right. Like the side of the ribs, almost. It's always fun trying to come up with new ways to draw like the, the hands for them too, like the claws, dude. Like, I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen, I like to reference a lot of like eagle claws or talons and stuff like yep. that. You know what I mean? Um, and it's always fun to try to find some references that are kind of like from a, like an under perspective. You know what I mean? Like from underneath the foot or the claw.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Um, you know, it gives it, and that's kind of what I was touching on earlier today. It's like, if you're ever struggling to find a different way to draw some, the same thing, but in a different way, change the perspective on it. Right. Um, You know, instead of drawing, you know, a standard claw, you know, just kind of down like that, you know, which is the way that everyone is always taught to draw them. Maybe have, maybe have like, um,
0: You know, try to draw
1: one that's upside down like it's like trying to like cut something, right?
2: You yeah. Know? It's always fun to kind of like put the ball or the pearl or something like that in there. You know what I mean? Because then it's like oh, yeah. all, you, all, you do, all you have to do is draw the three the three digits, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna give your your dragon a pearl today because that's what we're gonna do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because it's going to help balance everything out, trust me.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. And the light rays
1: coming out from behind it are going to wash out the body so we don't have to worry about drawing the rest of that.
2: Exactly, exactly. So so you didn't want to draw anymore, but nope, not really.
1: Yeah, no, just kind of, you know, deadline was coming up, and, you know, I only had a couple hours left before daylight hit. And, you know, so I just decided that we're going to throw a pearl in here. and
2: Yeah, yeah. It does look cool though. Like I do love those classic motifs where it's like the rays and something behind it. Oh yeah.
1: Well, that's, and that's part of the reason why I was kind of working on this. Um, you know, I wanted to try to get back into a little bit more of like classic motifs, simplifying everything down a bit more. Um, just getting back to like a little bit of the basics.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to do too. Like just kind of Make it a visual image. You know what I mean? Like be able to see it from across the room, you know?
1: Absolutely. Almost like um, almost like a simplified graphic.
2: Yeah, you know, and like when is it the, just the right amount of shading? When is it just the right, the right amount of line work?
1: Make well, it look I, think, I think that's different for every individual, though. You know, oh, yeah, some, absolutely. I struggle with that a lot. Um, yeah with getting just the right amount of value to make sure it's rendered properly, yeah. but at the same time, not overdoing it. Like I always have a tendency to do.
2: Right. Yeah. It keeps me up at night.
0: Yo, right. The That's struggle weird. is real. It's for real, for real. For, for real. real. For sure. Shizzles. So if I have that there.
1: Yeah, this one's a tough one because of the way that the body is turning if I wanted to
0: keep the arm with
1: the same kind of like flowing with the body and the way that it would have to be rotated in order to reach out from behind the head, I would almost have to give it like a straight on perspective.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's, That's, what's what, off.
1: That's
0: what I was saying. Like if it's straight on, Oh perspective. Just draw Persons. a box, man.
2: Yep. Draw a box. Start with the box first. The no triangles?
1: First. Sometimes.
2: <laughs> I mean there's triangles and boxes too, you know what I mean?
1: True, true. A box is just a whole bunch of triangles.
0: Yeah. I was
1: thinking about that the other day. About um going out for Mexican food with you and Kier, mm-hmm. and how I'm like, that's a doorway it's square. And you're like, nah, I see triangles.
2: Yeah. They're all there, man. Maybe I'm just like making it up. <laughs>
1: well, No, because like, you know, so I've I I've started to recognize that in a lot of other things that, you know, I'm doing, as I mentioned back when we first met, I might not be the brightest crayon in the box, but I get there eventually um you know so it it is something that i've started to really pick up on a lot more i mean everything a lot of it i actually look at um when i was in the dragon drawing seminar with bill um it it was fascinating because like the way that he like had everything mapped out was with boxes
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: then this is totally inaccurate, but it gives you the idea of like how he would move things out. And then it was and then what he would do is he would go through. And he would say, Oh, the nose? Yeah, yeah. We're we're just gonna put like a triangle here. Right. Oh yeah, the horns, that's just gonna be a big triangle from here, right? Right, you know, and then that's gonna give us you know are the horns at the same angle that the top of the brow is, you know, so that's gonna tell us if that's right, um you know oh oh yeah the 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 whiskers, yeah, those are just like points, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but if you round it off, it's all triangles,,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I stopped, and I like I had like a deja vu moment, and I'm like, where's Ricardo? He's here, I know he's here. <laughs> how did how did he infiltrate my mind no 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 he is everywhere and nowhere ladies and gentlemen he is the most interesting man
2: in the world <laughs> drink to
0: Yeah, so I think I like how this one's shaping up so far. See what you think.
1: Dude, I love it. There's one part, though, right above the eye in that little indented brow area. Right here? Yeah. Watch that that doesn't get too complex. Yeah. Because it could overcomplicate things and really distract the eye Mm -hmm. so maybe lighten up just a little well now that i'm looking at it on the youtube which has different contrast on the screen
0: yeah yeah there you go yeah sick dude sick it's coming together it's coming together
1: Yeah, I was um, I was kind of upset. I heard that uh, James Tex was hosting. James Tex and Rob Noseworthy were both uh, doing the Dragon Seminar up in Canada. Uh, I think that was in August, uh, towards the end of August, up at the, I think it was Calgary, the Calgary show. And I was like, oh man, if I had the money, I would be there
0: in a heartbeat
2: yeah yeah me about it. james well, that's what i was texting the other day is like a, we we're me my buddy steve and i that works with me we we're looking at we we're just talking about japanese tattooing and like the skull water stuff you know what i mean yeah And, uh, and we were, i was just taking a look at like different types of approaches and stuff like that and it was fun man like that those text boys man like, they got it going on
1: yeah there's something They're, in the water up in canada there has yeah. to be, like I'm convinced of it, right, but a lot of it comes down to hard work, you know, I was talking with um with Anthony about that last December when I was getting my hand tattooed, and um you know, just the insane amount of hours that they put in just to drawing, yeah, you know, and figuring out and breaking things down into basic shapes, basic concepts. Um, a lot of it, it, from what I overheard when I was at the deadly show up in Calgary. Well, when was that two years ago? Um, you know, I overheard Steve Moore and James Tex going back and forth about, uh, volume sketching as opposed to, you know, just going through and doing line drawings or anything like that. And really like sitting down and figuring out muscle structures and saying, Oh, okay, so if this is my, my deltoid, right. I'm going to go through and figure out the volume that I want that to come up with and just kind of like nice loose scribbles. Mm -hmm. And that's going to create that movement and that flow already there. They're like, it's pretty easy from there because once you've defined that, you basically just go through and, you do a hard line around like the outside of it. And I was like, dude, that's like genius. Yeah. You know, but once again, working broad to specific Um. as a very good friend of mine, you might know him, his name's Ricardo. <laughs> uh, very good friend of mine, you know, enlightened me to a long time ago. And, uh, you know, it's something that I've been trying to incorporate more of I still like to do my wireframes just to give me yeah. ideas on like perspective and alignment and proportion. But um, I've been doing a lot more like volume sketching and working a lot more broad to specific.
2: Yeah, for sure. man. It, There's just somebody, helps
1: us it, so.
2: it does. It does. It really does. Like it, I think it also can help with some of the contours that you can't really discover sometimes with some like wireframe sketches. You know what I mean? right Uh, Mm -hmm. i I think also like if you are wireframe sketching like it's important to remember that they're even though you're doing boxes and trying to figure out like general planes and stuff like that like it's good to it's good to do those curved lines with the like where you think it's going to start turning away from the light source you know what i mean so right yeah I, i just think that that's I think so like it's good to do both really and like I've I've been trying to implement the two together more so lately than anything you know what I mean and I've found that like I'm I'm drawing a little bit faster now you know what I mean and like uh it's come like the the idea comes together a little bit quicker so I'm able to like not get distracted by trying my best to just make it look the way I want it to you know right right so it helps it out that way. It also helps me discover some things that I wouldn't have even thought to put in there because sometimes those overlapping values that collect in your drawings or like on an iPad or something like that, like it it creates these interesting kind of shapes sometimes, I think, or or like shaded areas, you know, I mean, like where you wouldn't have thought to put some some of the value study, like the darker contrast points
0: and stuff like that. I feel anyway, I feel it in my bones. yeah i think yeah no it's cool i'm glad it helps out man that's good to hear but absolutely man you've definitely had an impact good yeah i was also uh
1: i was listening to uh clint danroth who's another really well-known canadian artist um out in calgary and uh he posted up a video the other day about how he never erases anything. He's like, that's how you create the texture yeah. underneath right. some of these parts.
2: Right.
1: He's like, don't, don't erase. You want to make your stuff, you know, a bit faster and get a better feeling for it and create more texture in it. He's like, Don't erase mm-hmm. anything ever. He's like, yeah. let that underlying scribble create that, that texture for you
2: entirely dude that's exactly right. that's exactly what i'm trying to say
0: there's magic in it there is
1: cool so there's that arm now i just have to figure out the other one
2: we're out, i think all we see is your uh your screen oh,
1: oh yep forgot to turn my video back on
0: yeah, this other arm is gonna be mostly hidden. We'll create another layer. Um, let's move down a bit. So this one. I already know I want one to be off that direction. This would kind of come over and down and disappear. This one could come down this way. This one would disappear down here off the edge. That might be a bit big. This.
2: Great. all right man i'm gonna get going i got some chores i gotta take care of and stuff i'm gonna say hello to you though and thank you for having me jason Sorry anytime bud yeah
1: miss you homie
2: yeah for sure man touch base dude uh, we'll do with, yeah yeah
1: we'll do my friend you take no care problem. uh how can we reach you uh you can find me on instagram uh under at ricardo
2: servants um i work at a shop in uh, Bloomington, Illinois, called uh, uh, ArtCore Tattoo. Uh, you can find that on as well on Instagram. Um, hit me up. Let me know what's going on. And I hope you guys uh, have a safe, safe day and, and a good week this week, man. Keep the tattooing alive.
1: Right on, man. Thanks a lot for joining today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'll probably get out of here as well. Uh, For those of you that want to get in touch with me, uh, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. It's right up here. It's at Philly Inc. Um, I check it pretty regularly, Uh, or you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com. If you like today's show, make sure to go through and hit that like and subscribe button. That way you get notified every time we host another live stream. And for those of you that have been watching Today, thank you very much and keep those hands moving. Keep tattooing alive, as Ricardo said, and I will catch up with everyone next week for episode 125 of Skill Building Sunday. Awesome. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a wonderful day.
0: Peace.